What's crackalackin' everybody? Money Smart Guy Matt Zapala here, hailing to you from Dallas, Texas, and welcome to another episode 42, episode 42 of the Seven Figure Squad podcast, and excited today to have these topics of inflation, of money actually bringing you happiness, of finance and fitness, of making sure that you do everything you can possible to make sure you're at least economically prepared for what's about to take place. And joining me in the studio today is my trainer, my co-host of the show, Mr. Milton Alvarez. Happy Wednesday, baby. Likewise, man. Likewise. So it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, we've been jammed up. In, I've been jammed up in meetings on Wednesdays, and we have not been able to do a normal Wednesday afternoon podcast live like we normally have done. But since then, this whole thing in Israel and in Gaza has erupted, and uh, we need to address it because this is something that deals with us from a, from a spiritual standpoint, from a fatherhood standpoint, from an uncle standpoint, from a family standpoint, from a faith standpoint, and also from an economical standpoint, which we'll get here in a second. What, what does this mean to us economically here in the United States of America if all these conflicts are going on in Russia and Ukraine and not Israel and in, in, in Palestine and, and through uh, Hamas? What is going on? So um, I went on uh, News Nation Now to discuss the military readiness of our country today, and I was shocked to have to report an opinion about what was going on with the military combat readiness of uh, the United States Armed Forces. Let's take, a, let's take a look at this clip. A new study finds nearly 70% of active service members are overweight. Matt, it's good to see you. I can't quite figure this out. What is it? Obesity is the easiest form to see lack of discipline, and that comes from the top. These guys are not taking advantage of the standards that were set before them from veterans that served. There's such narrative on social media in conversation with other people about how poor it is in America and how rough it is in America. People don't want to serve in the military. And due to lack of patriotism is because people realize how much are not taking care of veterans post-military service. And so that's not encouraging a lot of people to say, you know, a great career path would be to serve our country. I think we, we got to get back to the fundamentals of we are serving our country, a country that we love that we call home doesn't matter if you're white you're black you're brown this is the red white and blue right here and that patriotism is lost right now in america i know there's a lot of jobs that there's not a lot of forward fighting jobs and mos's it's more you know, a lot of technology based but it doesn't mean that america should not be taken care of by the number one job of our military which is to fight and right. win wars should be the cash i'll be the rubber band uh <clears throat> okay if you'll be the cash i'll be the rubber band you'll be the match yeah, we're ready to fight a war for sure. Um, let's just talk about the topic of discussion there, which is obesity. 100%. You're, you're a trainer. And then we're going to talk about our, our, our viewpoint here, what's going on with Israel and, and, and this, this, this Gaza Strip. Yeah. So uh, what's your thoughts here on obesity? Especially, I mean, you as a citizen of America, you depend on the military. They got one job, and that's to fight and win wars. And now they're coming in obese. As the guys don't want to serve the military. The yeah. recruiting outside the Marine Corps has dropped. They have not hit the recruiting quotas for the outside the Marine Corps. And yet those that are in are obese. As you said in your video, Matt, it starts from the very, very top and the standard is extremely low. Because I've, see, I've seen recruiters even nowadays walking around malls here, here in Dallas, just walking around in their uniforms and they're overweight. Really? And I remember being at Proviso West High School and we yeah. consistently have Navy, Marine, Army recruiters with their pull-up bars hanging out yeah. by the lunchrooms yeah. and all in shape. Mm -hmm. Midsections ripped, flexing their muscles, mm -hmm. and anyone that would come into our school would always be in shape. You would rarely see someone who was out of shape or had a gut. Yeah. And the way they carried themselves was 
very different. The, the, the energy that they carried with them was completely different than with a lot of people that are just letting themselves go. And with that, the, the unfortunate thing about this is guys, when, when, when you're allowing yourself to completely shed away from having a healthier lifestyle, it's not just about being fat or skinny or having muscle or big arms or big chest or 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 a six pack. It's about this person's lack of discipline. If you you as a you as a person are allowing yourself your habits to your lifestyle to completely be out of whack and out of line with with what where you're headed, that shows me that you lack discipline with the one thing that you have control over, which is your physical health. Mm-hmm. And if you lack discipline in the one thing that you have control over, then what makes me think that you're not going to have lack of discipline in every other aspect of your life? How you do so, one thing is how, how you, you do, do everything. everything. So I actually, if, if we can pull something up on your on your laptop, I sent you that link. Um, sure. And it, can we take a look at this, yeah, uh, uh, Jordan? More. Yep. Scroll down a little more, 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 more. Right there. Okay. So here, guys, th- this is something that my clients get whenever they start working with me. It's a mul- it's multiple systems and strategies and formulas that we that we create so that way they are able to attain the goal that they're trying to attain. So here are six exercises to be able to increase self-discipline. So if you're watching this online live or you're gonna watch it in, 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 in the future, screenshot this. This is definitely very, very helpful for you guys. Is acknowledging that you have a weakness. But in order for you to acknowledge that you have a weakness, you need to be very, very straightforward with yourself and be wrong, have that, have that conversation with yourself. Unfortunately, a lot of people do not want to admit to themselves that they have flaws or they have shortcomings. So be a, have a really strong conversation with yourself and acknowledge that you have a weakness. From that point, guys, it's time to be able to create a plan. That's number step number two. Create a plan on how you're going to take actionable steps towards that specific goal. And in this case, it's your physical health. Mm-hmm. From there, you remove temptations. Then you go into practice tolerating discomfort. And then from there, you go into visualize, visualizing the reward that you're going to get, which yeah. is inc- Higher energy, mm-hmm. you feel better, you look better, you think better. You, uh, if you're if you're in a, if you're in a relationship, uh, your 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 marriage incre- gets gets better, especially because your performance as a man, uh, you have more energy to play with your kids. You you feel a lot more on top of the world in your business, and your leadership, and also you're able to recover from mistakes a lot easier. And in, in that in, in that position, guys, um, being able to create a lifestyle that's mainly led by discipline, that's going to be something that you will be able to implement to every aspect of your life. So. Definitely, folks. If 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 you're so, if you're a person, man or woman, leading a team, leading a group of people in, into a specific realm that you're trying to head to, a specific goal, you yourself is the you're the main factor amongst everyone in your team that's failing. You set the standard. You lead by example. But in order for you to have that example, you need to be able to have a couple steps of self discipline. Uh, Jordan, can we take a look at my screen? Uh, to Milton's point, it's written in my book, Faith Made Millionaire, in chapter five. But do you know, take a look at my uh, my screen here? Um, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. So you're here to serve your family, your community, and when need be, your country. And if you're out of shape, if you're physically out of shape, something in your life is lacking discipline. And it annoys me because when everybody's talking about how horrible it is here in America, forget about America, man. How's your life? Yeah. How are you taking care of yourself? How, how, how are you going about feeling about yourself? And, you know, before I had met you uh, in, in 2019, I wasn't feeling so good about myself. I was okay economically. Yeah. I was okay financially. I was okay having to say I got money in the bank. I got, I got uh, my kids here and, and, and safety, convenience here. But, man, I was not happy as a dad. I couldn't run after my kid. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leaving the house right now. I'm, leaving, I'm running after my son. And I'm laughing because I'm running after him. And he's laughing. He's laughing his butt off, and I'm la- and I'm la- I'm I'm laughing because he's laughing, and I'm losing my breath because he's losing his breath because he's laughing so hard. 
But that's the joy, man. That's yeah. the juice of life. And how much we would be robbing ourselves if we are out of shape, and let alone our, our military uh, armed forces, that the standards of the military has dropped so much that guys and gals in the military in uniform aren't even calling it out. They're not even saying, they're waiting for guys like me and veterans to call it out. I mean, in that clip, with two, the guys behind me was, was, uh, was uh, uh, one army, one navy. And they're looking at this, they're looking at it disgusted. They're already out. They're still in shape. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, yeah, you, listen, uh, to, to people in the military, to, to wear a uniform, have pride. Have pride in that uniform. And if you have pride in that uniform, have pride in our country. If you don't have pride in that country, have pride in yourself. Have pride that you stand for something. You're serving our, serving our country. And you want to serve the country in the best way you can serve, at least from the standpoint of the easiest way to do it is physically to be able to do your job, to fight and win wars. And, and let's, let's, let's talk about this. You know, we, we've been asked this, you've, you've asked me this, what, what's my feeling so far on what's going on in, in, in overseas? Listen, I'm never on the side of terrorists. Zero. Zero is on the side of terrorists. Let me define terrorism real quick. What is a terrorist? Those who use intentional violence and fear to achieve political or ideological aims. I'm zero fan of terrorists. I'm zero fan of terrorists when people try to negotiate with me in business. I'm definitely a zero fan of terrorism when it comes to inciting violence to achieve a political or, or ideological aims. And I swore an oath to defend this country, both foreign and domestic. And when I see things like this going on overseas, I'm seeing similarities of, of, of things like this from an ideological standpoint happening here in America. I'm not on the side of it. So um, what, what, was your, you know, what was your first impression when you first saw the paragliders coming in, they're attacking by... They're attacking by um, uh, the the ocean, and and they're they're storming the, the the barricades. And as I'm reading about this stuff, and I have I've got my in, initial rules when I hear like stuff in the media, because here's what I know about media: being in two two world combats, uh, uh, two two uh, world uh, theaters of in, in in combat. First thing that goes out the door is the truth. Never trust the media in the first 24, 48, 72 hours ever. I'm sitting here in, in Somalia, CNN is on a helicopter with us, paying us $50,000 an hour to be on a helicopter with us, two o'clock in the morning launch us in, in Salt into Mogadishu, Somalia, Africa. What we saw the next day on the news was complete lie. I'm, thin, I'm sitting here thinking, but that's not what happened, that's not what happened, that's not what happened. Same thing too in the Persian Gulf, it was a lie. So the first thing I've learned to do when looking at the media, both mainstream media and social media, is not look at the initial Shock factor was going on, but we saw that though. Yeah, we saw what was going on. Horrible. What was your first initial thoughts? Well, as you said, when you first see something like when I woke up, it was a Saturday morning when the first initial yeah, attack of Saturday morning when I woke up, the first things you see is uh, Hamas has attacked Israel. Yeah, paraglide. You see the images. You got one. a trip to Israel. You got planned. Had 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 had. Uh, it was it was supposed to be in two weeks, and it's definitely not happening anymore. Um, but here's the, here's the thing for, for me, man. Um, it, it's extremely hard to view one point and extremely just you know uh, side with one specific point of view, because now it, is, it might be the algorithm. It may it, I don't know what it may be, but I have a lot more um, it's more Muslim friends, people who actually live in 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 Lebanon people who live uh in Israel and I have people from both parties on my timelines whether it's on Facebook or it's on Instagram and it's constant posting posting mm -hmm, posting mm -hmm. posting posting and one of the things that I did notice upon, you know the first 
three days of this entire incident happening is there are a lot of people who were pro-Israel, pro-Israel, pro-Israel. And as time went on and as more media coverage started happening on social media and all these news outlets, but not so much mainstream, I'm talking about social media. And a lot, a lot of reporters started going to the front lines. A lot of people started reporting from both aspects of things. A lot of those pro-Israel people started pulling away, pulling away, pulling away out of the fear of being canceled, out of the fear of being judged, out of the fear of, of, of just being pointed at as X, Y, Z, yeah. right? And then there's a lot of people who are in the gray area saying, well, I'm not, I'm not siding with Israel and I'm not siding with, 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 with uh, Palestine. I'm just, I stand against Hamas. Yep. I stand against the killing of children. I stand against hiding behind women and children yep. and using them as your shield. I stand cowards, against, man. I stand yep. against the, the attacks that are consistently happening. And then we look numbers wise, you know, the, the death toll for, and th- there's a, there's like multiple daily trackers that are online that are US based and also foreign based that are tracking the number of, of deaths that are happening between Palestine and Israel. And the ones in Palestine are hev- heavier than the ones in Israel. There's 66, there's you know, 6,600 plus Palestinians who have been killed versus 1,400 plus uh, people who have been killed since October 7th in Israel. So when you look at the numbers, um, and, and, and it's hard because when you look at the images, people who have family in Gaza, mm-hmm. people who have, my friends, mm-hmm. people who have uncles and mm-hmm. aunts who have died in these mm-hmm. bombings, and they're calling me like Milton, like we know where you stand with your belief systems. We we know where you stand with with what you stand, but man, look at these images and then they send me pictures or they, they send me videos of people reporting it. Yeah. It's extremely hard not to, you know, to look away and say, Yeah, but I still stand with XYZ when you see beheaded you see beheaded kids from Gaza being carried from in their father's arms, you see kids, women bleeding out from yeah. these attacks, right? But then you also look in the media. And it's been over a week, you know, how, and, and we ask ourselves, you know, on this side of the world, how many people that, you know, Israel has attacked, how many of those people have, that they've killed or how many captives have they actually have that are actually from Hamas versus killing the killings of, and again, I'm not saying that Israel is attacking these innocent women and children on purpose, but how many Hamas people have actually been captured? How many Hamas people have actually been killed mm-hmm. versus the amount of innocent bystanders that have been killed just by yeah. existing and living? Yep. I, I want to show this one one video. Yeah, um, they're not going to have any sound on it. Sure, but I just wanted to share. This is the side I'm on. Yeah, 100 percent is the side I'm on. So, Jordan, if we can take a look at this, uh, this is my screen here in VMix. Um, let's take a look at this screen right here. I'm on. I mean, look at this. Okay. Now I don't know what side the guy in the military helmet is on, but I'm on the side of the babies in his lap. Yeah. As a, that, you can't fake that. You can't dress it up. The kids are feeling this way. I can only imagine as a, my father, myself, I'm going to stop this because this is, you know, this is pissing me off. But here's what I will say. I am on the side of human life. I'm on the side of providing for the life, the family that God has given me and the situation that God has entrusted me with. I'm for, for that side. I'm on the side of freedom and protecting freedom. I'm on the side of defending Defend life and freedom. I'm on the side of praying, even for my enemies. Whoo! Matthew 5, 43, 45, Jesus' words. Have you not heard what it was said? You're, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. How hard is it to pray for your enemies right now, man? And it's got me as a check of my spirit. Can I really pray for my enemy? 
can I really pray for the people that have gone against me? I've seen so many different examples of people praying for the enemies. I'm thinking to myself, can I really put myself in that embodiment? And I've had to flex that muscle because, you know, living here in America, you're away from a lot of enemies That's yeah. because we have a natural defensive country here on both sides, you know. But to really pray for enemies, can you really get on the side of praying for your enemies or whoever the enemy you feel is? Yeah. I'm on the side of love. But yet I will not hesitate to use violence if what I love is threatened or hindered. Can I add one more thing to this? So one thing I want to make clear, at least from from my end, um, for the for the people who are watching this and for people who are who are asking, well, what do we do? Where do we stand? In my belief system, and Matt, you can you can contradict this if, if you if you like to or if you want to align with this. I don't long I no longer believe that this is a a religious thing. I no longer believe that this is a cultural thing. That's right. I would definitely yeah. believe this is more of an evil versus good thing. Mm-hmm. And we know we understand we know that war is profitable in many areas. And many people are profiting off of what's going on right now. And it's unfortunate that on both ends, a lot of children and a lot of women are being dragged through the dirt because of, uh, of these profiteers. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't stand up and acknowledge that again, it's no longer religion, it's no longer culture. It's good versus evil. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more evil happening. There's a lot more evil winning on, on both ends. Yep. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people aren't seeing the mass destruction that's happening um, within some of these communities in in Gaza. Now, again, I'm not sitting here and siding with either or. I'm just speaking based off of what you see, based off of the stats, based off of the numbers and the data that's being poured into these platforms on on a daily basis. And many people will consider that mass genocide. Many people believe now on a political standpoint and on a military standpoint, that there's a strategy where Israel's coming in. Because if you, if, you, if, you, if you see where most of these tech attacks started happening, they started in the north part of Gaza. So many people have this, th- theoretically speaking, that the attacks started happening north. Now Israel, a couple of days ago, started uh, pushing and pressuring people from, from Gaza to start evacuating that part of Gaza and move south. So a lot of people believe it's more political and more territorial where they're trying to push everyone south. Once they push everyone from Gaza south, they Israel's gonna make a, a deal with Egypt where Egypt will open their borders for the, those refugees where they finally can push everybody out of out of Gaza. So now Israel can completely take over off, over that land. And now the only thing that Israel has to worry about now is the West Bank where most of these uh, uh, Palestinians also reside in. So it's a lot going on, it's a lot of information. And if you generally do not understand the full depth of what's actually going on during these times, don't, and I'm speaking for myself right now, don't feel like you need to side with either or. It's okay to understand that this is deeper than just political religion and culture. This is death happening on a daily basis. And you know, fortunately, but unfortunately, we're on this side of the world where we're not experiencing that physically. We're on this side of the world where we don't have to wake up every day fearing for our lives. We have the resources that we need, whether you're high income or low income, we have resources that they don't have. And the, like Matt said, the best thing that we can really focus on is praying for these people, regardless of which side you're on, keeping a cool head and understanding both sides and understand that human life is a lot more important than war. Human life is a lot more important than a political plan. And, and, and human life is a lot more important than a financial uh, uh, plan that people may have to, that could be one of yep. the main reasons why this is actually happening. Yep. And we're going to get to economic impact. So this is, we're talking about the, this is the spiritual, maybe in the geopolitical impact of this too as well. We're going to talk about the economic impact of this in a second. But when you're, when you're looking at what side you want to choose, it's back, back to your point, it's not choosing religion. Yeah. To me, it's choosing love. It's choosing Jesus. It's choosing, 
a higher power that can solve all this. That for me, I believe that. I don't know if you believe that, but I believe that. But I believe that, you know, at the same time, too, in Matthew 11, let's, let's take a look at this scripture. Uh, Matthew 11. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. So again, this is not something that's new. Yeah. Uh, what we're looking at and what's going on in the Middle East is something that's been going around for thousands of years. And we're only able to put our mind around it for what has happened to it in our lifetimes. But this has been going on for thousands, thousands of years. It's a spiritual war. It's not a economical war or a, or a territorial war. This is a spiritual war, everybody. And so, uh, again, I'm on the side of love, but yet not will I will not hesitate to use violence if what I love is threatened or hindered. Um, with that being said, let's talk about the geopolitical impact of this. So, number one, what can we expect? How does this affect our pockets? How is, this, how does, how is going on in Israel... What's, how's go, what's going on in Russia, Ukraine? How's this affecting us? Well, number one, prices. Everything's going to go up. Globally, in, global instability affects oil prices. So they're redirecting oil already. And so the Ukraine crisis directed this. You can, see, you can see it now happening right now that oil prices are being redirected. So guess what? Your gas prices are going to go up because they're redirecting it to the war effort. And so when the area of u.s gas prices um look i mean look at we've covered it already gas prices in california seven bucks expected to be eight bucks expected to be nine bucks don't expect it to be any cheaper so cost of gas and oil is going to be a whole lot higher um if you look at um if you look at the, the financial there's higher cost of energy right energy costs are going up all across the world too as well the cost of transportation heating and goods will increase and you'll have to dig deeper into our pockets to pay for more of what we spend on a regular basis uh, just yes, uh, Monday, uh, let me show you this picture. Monday, I'm in a retirement community. People have, have done well for themselves. Okay, people have done well for themselves are staying in the retirement assisted living community. If you can take a look at this picture. So we're at this uh, uh, workshop with Gene Chapman. Everybody's concerned about their retirement. These folks are concerned about how this will affect the stock market, affects their savings, because they, they're not going to work anymore. They're, they're hoping that the only thing that they have coming in is their savings, their retirement, their pensions, are either a, a enough to cover the living expenses, mm. or b earning a higher rate of return enough to meet the higher costs of energy and, and gas and, and overall cost of living, because they just discovered next year they're going to have a five hundred dollar increase in staying at this retirement community, because the retirement community also is shouldering a burden of costs and expenses and energy to keep the place and keep the lights on. So guess what? They're passing on those costs to the residents. So if you think you're worrying about this in your 20s and 30s, hey, people in their 80s and 90s are worried, worried about this stuff. And so having a defensive strategy with your finances and have in terms of making sure you don't lose whatever you save and having an offensive strategy and how to make sure you control your income is something that you're smartly tuned into in terms of how to make second, third, fourth, fifth streams uh, of, of income. Uh, the other area that this might uh, affect us is if these, if these conflicts continue to escalate. Stock market, I just mentioned earlier, stock market will have volatility. Up and down, up and down. Your retirement accounts and brokerage accounts with direct investments in the stock market will fluctuate. So this is where you have to talk to somebody on how to protect the downside of your retirement accounts, whatever you saved up for your, for your, your future uh, kids' college education. And as it isn't bad already, you know, with, with, uh, uh, with, infl with inflation, with interest rates up there. I think um, uh, they just reported to Bloomberg, just reported that 
to, to, to buy a house here in America, you need $141,000 income just to buy the typical house. $141,000 a household income for you to buy the typical house. In other words, it's cheaper to rent than to own. So a house that you would basically live in maybe about 10, 15, 20 years ago, not one of those new houses that are like, uh, you see those those, uh, those, those $100 homes that look like uh, uh, train box carts? Yeah, right, right. I think we, we, we put, we, put that we, on we covered that, yeah. But that's a small ass home, and that's for what for a, for a single person. I, I actually, and, and what you say, play defense when it comes down to your finances. I actually uh, yesterday, um, my CPA called me, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Hey, Milton, is that time of year again?" I'm like, "Which part?" He's like, <laughs> he's like "Where I yell at you for the, all the bullshit that you're doing this year." I'm like, "Okay, so hit me." So I mean, I can pull it on the screen. I don't mind showing it. I mean, you really can't see it, but my expenses for August or for that for the month were twenty thousand dollars expenses. And out of those twenty thousand dollars, six thousand for them for August, for the month of August was eating out. Six six thousand. So you, you spent six grand in a month. Food, in one on month. food in one month okay. on food. That's what seventy two thousand dollars a year. If if, if seventy two thousand a year. If, if it's six thousand every single month for twelve months, that's seventy two thousand dollars in a year. Yeah. And by the way, you have no kids, no wife, but you're running your business. What do you think my bill is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I did, then I did the math. I'm yeah. like, okay, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I, could, I could be putting that money. I mean, it's not it's not six grand every month. It's yeah. it's for various reasons when I when I go to meetings or I meet people. So, so it's completely different. It, it fluctuates. Yeah. But if that's the if that's the average, which is not, but let's say that was the average, I can employ what two people at mm -hmm. two three people. That, that's, I, I, that's I can be doing so much right with my money. Yeah, so much more money with my money. So then yes, I screw it. You know what? I'm looking to a meal prep company. Something I, I've been dreading mm -hmm. to do. I look into a meal prep company where I can get three meals a day for six days out of the week, and then one day out of the week I can do whatever I want. Uh, three meals a day for six days out of the week, um, and get enough meals that will last me for an entire month for five hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Five hundred bucks times twelve—that's six thousand dollars a year. So what I would waste in a year using meal prepping, I'm wasting it now in a month just doing whatever the hell I want. So if I do that, if I do meal prepping for six thousand dollars a year, I'm saving sixty-four thousand sixty. $6,000 a year if 6,000 is an average. Did you go out eat just for the convenience of just eating instead of bringing, like basically, you're, you're doing another version of packing lunch, packing yeah. lunch by doing meal prep. Right, exactly. So it's cheaper and it's convenient and I don't have to waste time cooking. How much is each each meal prep? Like between eight to $10, cheap. By the way, for all those of you watching this right now, what do you guys spend for lunch? I'm just curious, for those of you watching this live, for those of you watching the replay, what do you guys spend by yourself for lunch? Or are you eating for, by yourself for lunch? You're just having a meal by yourself. You go to, I don't know, you go to Jersey Mike's, you go to Quiznos, you go yeah. to wherever. Um, where do you like typically, because I'm always specific with where I, where I based Chipotle, on which one. Chipotle, Chipotle. in Cabo. So quick Chipotle tip for a lot of these millennials and these uh, young, the young cats who love uh, 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 DoorDash and Uber Eats, delete those apps, guys. Like, that's the biggest thing for me, delete those apps. I, yesterday I deleted all any Uber Eats apps, any DoorDash apps, any of those apps, and also um, since we're going to the new facility, I, can't, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't want to mention it just yet, but we're going to a new facility and working out. Um, I had to, I had to uh, cancel about four or five gym memberships, and in four or five gym memberships, I'm dropping around five hundred and seventy-five bucks a month in just pure gym memberships so back, that I don't even utilize. Back to the bottom line for you. Boom. Yeah. Right. And now that adds up. That also adds up to about anywhere between six thousand to seven thousand dollars a year that you just be utilizing for something else. So, a large part of the defensive strategies Milton's yeah. been talking about is mitigating and minimizing and or eliminating expenses. What can you minimize, mitigate, and eliminate yeah. going forward in terms of expense? So, therefore, you put more money to the bottom line because it's one thing to have money coming in, 
But it's another thing to actually keep what's coming in, mm-hmm. keep more of what's coming in. So that's part of the assets, liabilities, income versus expenses conundrum that we're always going to find ourselves in, whether you're 20s and 30s or whether you're 80s and 90s. And speaking of boomers who went through World War I, World War II, speaking of millennials who's gone through you know, Afghanistan and, 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 and uh, OIF, OEF, Afghanistan, Iraq, and now what's going on here in Israel and in, in Hamas and in the Gaza Strip, um, there's also a difference too in inflation and making ends meet. So this guy, he put together a comparison of what it was like when you were in your 30s uh, during the baby boomer generation when they were 30s versus what the millennials are going through in their 30s because you know millennials now are getting older. Yeah. Millennials used to pick on me because I was the old guy. Right? Old hey, Matt, guy. how old are you? I'm, tw- I'm 28, 38. Oh, you're old, dude. All the millennials are dogging me out. Now, the, the millennials, you're old. We're getting beat up. We're <laughs> you're beat old. up. So let's take a look at this. Take a look at this clip. 1980, 1990, and 2000, because this is when the boomers were in their 30s, depending on when they were born, compared to us millennials today. Housing prices, 48K, 76K, 105,000. Interest rates, 13 10%, 8%. Principal and interest on those with a 20% down payment, 446, 534, 616. Average rent, 243, 447, and 602. Median household income, 21,000, 30,000, 42,000. Why am I sharing all this? Because collectively, no matter when you were born, boomers, whether you were born in the 40s, 50s, or 60s, you were spending on average about 18% of your income on rent and or housing. Just 18%. And I will say in the 1980s, the older boomers in 1980, with those high interest rates, you were spending about 25% of your income. So you felt a little pressure. But if you didn't want to buy a home, you could rent for just 14% of your income. Now let's fast forward to today. The millennials in their 30s. 2023, the average home is 436. The average rent is 2,000. Interest rates are 7.5%. And the average income for a median household is $81,000. So to own a house, which you couldn't even qualify for this house, by the way, but it'd be 36% of a family's income. And if they were forced to rent, it's 29%. Um, so that's the conundrum that uh, a lot of millennials are, are feeling. So the, the tightness. So in addition to eating out, minimizing, mitigating, eliminating expenses, now I got to deal with housing. Right now, I got to deal with with your the family aspect of not only taking care of yourself but people in in, in your family. So, so what what's your thoughts on what on what you just ex- experienced there? Well, a lot of people get pushback on saying, "Well, look, Milton, I'm not trying to get a home." Well, for example, here in the colony or in Chicago, back in Naperville or Oakbrook or Nombar, I'm trying to I'm just trying to live, have mm-hmm. a roof over my head, and I can care less where I live. Especially if you're a single man or a single person, you you. The last thing you think about is security, but now you have, you're in your situation where you have kids, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now you start having those stuff. Like for me, example, right now, if I completely lost everything, absolutely everything, as long as I have a roof over my head or I live in someone's basement, I can care less because I know I can rebuild. But now, if I have children, it's a completely different story. So even though people are, you know, the average income is anywhere between seventy eighty thousand dollars a year, that's average. You know, when I talk about people who are making anywhere between you know thirty five to forty five thousand dollars a year, is it? Uh, socially acceptable, you know, in, in, in a man's eyes or a woman's eyes or just, you know, people who are the working class for someone to say, hey, look, I'm making X, Y, Z amount of money and I can really care less than where I live as long as I have a roof over my head. Even if it's not a good neighborhood, I'm, I still have a roof over my head. Like for those people who give pushback on that. Well, it depends on where you feel safe because here, here's a problem. Do you want people that you live around, do you want them also to be well off? Of course. Of course, because yeah. if, if the people around you are not well off, guess who they're going to try to take the money from? 
I'm going to try to take the money from you. Correct. So if I'm living in a good neighborhood, I want to live, I want to make sure all oh, the people in that neighborhood are also living good. Uh, let me take a look at this, um, the screen VMAX, uh, Jordan. This is the fastest change in the federal funds rate in the history of America. The things, the interest rates in America continue to go higher and higher and high basis points increase. Change in effective federal funds rate, funds rate, which affects credit card interest rates, bank CDs, savings rates, a mortgage rates. This is the fastest it's ever been in the history of America. So this is rapid increase that is shocking a lot of people. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of realtors out there saying, you know what, um, buy, still buy, still buy. And mm -hmm. by the way, this is the worst news to, to hear because what's what uh, uh, worst, uh, was it, um, what's, what's that article here? Uh, rent, uh, e, uh, cheaper, we cover this, cheaper to rent than, than buy, right? All, all these articles right now. So let's take a, let's take a look at the, uh, here you go. Renting now, rental market softening continues even now cheaper to rent than buy in nearly every major market. By the way, this is a realtor's, loan officer's worst headline. I had to be in this situation. But what are they going to try to tell you, though? What, what's a realtor or what's a loan officer trying to say? Go buy, go buy, go buy. Because one thing you can't change uh, 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 down the road is, is the price that you buy it. But you can change the interest rate because you can always refinance. Refinance it. the house, yes, correct. But, but, but here's a problem, though. When are we expecting the interest rate to go back down? Do we control that? Okay, so if we're expecting to buy this house at a higher interest rate, well, guess what we have to come up more with? More down payment and a larger than normal and ordinary monthly mortgage payment, probably exceeding what we would pay on, 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 on rent. So back to the guy's example, though. Back to the guy's example. You know, he's, he's claiming that houses are here and we have to spend more money of our salary and housing too as well. But also I would argue that today people spend more money on a lot of bullshit too. Back then, there was no Starbucks. Yeah. Back then, there's not there's not a lot of conveniences. Back then, everybody was eating at the house. Correct. Back then, everybody was saving more money. Everybody was working together. It wasn't uh, back then people weren't worried about Gucci. Back then, people weren't worried about Jordans. Yeah. Back then, people weren't worried about all these different things to show that they're wealthy. They just became wealthy. But today, it's, it's about the it's about the floss. It's about the status. It's about hey, uh, do, do I have this? Do I have that? And and compared to you know, I'm going on this vacation, going on this trip. So, so that that's the you know that's the uh, that's the area too a lot of people are are, are facing, and people think that well, I'll, I'll be my own devil's advocate. People say, you know what? If I just make more money, I'll be much more happier. Okay. So let's take a look at this next clip, uh, Jordan, about this person actually making multi millions of dollars a year. Money creates problems, even in families. Mm -hmm. Money brings stress. The more you have, the more stress. And and where is the stop? You could live a good life with normal money, but what is normal money now? I've been on the both sides. I've been without money, grew up with a family, but I had a good life. I had it good at that moment. So, were you happy? Where then? is the stuff? Were you happy then? But what is happiness? Well, you tell me. It's moments. I'm happy now. In ten minutes, I could be unhappy. So it's moments. Uh, money makes it easier, makes your life easier. But I don't think it gives you happiness because for me, happiness is moments. You're happy with one situation now. My dream was come to Barcelona. After one year was my nightmare. Yeah. So it's moments, but I agree with you. I think when it comes to having a lot of money, it's an ego thing because right, your so life would not change. Let's say the Saudi situation. Let's take a look at this. Okay, so I totally get what he's going through. I've been both money, without money, not money. I will say this, bottom line. Money makes me a lot of happiness. 
yeah. brings me a lot of happiness. Okay. However, money doesn't define me. Correct. But it brings me a whole lot of happiness. If I'm going to go through tough problems, if I'm going to go through issues in my life, if I'm going to go through heartbreaks, if I'm, I'm going to go through setbacks, I'd rather have money behind me than not. 100%. So with, with, so with that, 100%, I, I agree. Money has, has, been, has helped me provide for my loved ones. Mm -hmm. Money has helped me provide my loved ones with experiences. Help, money has opened doors for me that before... When, when I was just working nine to five, it, it, it wouldn't have helped me. But one of the things that I really, really resonate with what, with what he said is money does, with more money, mm -hmm. more stress. Mm -hmm. So you have a picture of me there. If mm -hmm. we can pull it up, uh, Jordan. This was me in 2017, 2018. This was me working in a- oh, oh, come on. You're good. Yeah. This was me working a nine to five job. I was working at a nonprofit organization. I was making like 17, 25 an hour. I was working out of Ravenswood, Illinois. I was waking up at 5 a.m. every day, coming home around 6, 7 p.m., getting my eight hours of sleep, doing mm -hmm. well, um, barely making ends meet, mm -hmm. but have a smile on my face. Bags under my eyes are irrelevant. They're, they're not there. My my hairline's okay. Yeah. My barber messed it up, but I look I look good. My skin looks clear. Yeah. Fast forward to this year, more money, more responsibility. More things to take care of, and <laughs> I look like shit. You think so, <laughs> bro? It's just, okay. By the way, do y'all think for those who are watching, you think Mantle looks like shit? But that's just you look and more now, rugged, bro. You look, like, you, look now, like, I mean, you look like a boy. You look like a man. If we zoom in now, these bags here. Oh, okay. Sure, it's a lack of sleep, and I, and I will say I know, I know a couple of my Deal clients. Life, too, baby. Exactly, it's life now. There's more money, more issues, more things that you have to to worry about. But I go back to what we spoke about about two years, uh, I think two weeks ago or last week. There's a lot of people who don't want to go through the responsibility of being responsible for their outcome. A lot of people don't want to encounter and have to deal with the responsibility of owning up to their mistakes or being a man and taking hold of their life, including their finances. So a lot of people ra rather resort back to oppression, do you know, do the bare minimum, get by and have a quote unquote peaceful life, but yeah. yet with a lot of restriction mm -hmm. where you can't do what you want with your family. You can't call off on days you, you want to call off. You can't have that freedom to provide yeah. for the loved ones yeah. versus having the responsibility Feeling like crap sometimes, feeling exhausted, mm -hmm. running on you know on fumes sometimes. Sure, but you have the you know the means to be able to help your family out. Jordan, let's take a look at this uh, my my screen real quick. Um, there's this article on NBC that a small study suggests money can buy happiness for households earning up to one twenty three. So there's a is there, so is there an amount? Yeah. Uh, that if the 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 person if I if I'm making six figures, I mean we do a workshops twice a week. How many of you love to make six figures? How many are not making six figures? A lot of hands don't go up. How many of you guys would like to make six figures in the next 12 to 18 months? A lot of hands go up. So if I can show you a formula of how you can make six figures, I wouldn't say guaranteed because I don't know what you're going to do. I know we're going to do to help you get there, but I don't know if you're going to do actually come here, show, show up and do the work. But if you are able to do the work and, and you're able to rock together with us for the next 12 to 18 months, I can show you systematically, predictably, how you can make six figures in the next 12 to 18 months. But if they are able to make this, because that makes them happy. The, the things that normally go on make them happy. I can't say this though, too, Milton. On the flip side, just being a devil's advocate to myself, there is a portion of my life today as a multimillionaire that money has brought me more stress. There's part of my life that, because I have money today uh, in the millions, that has caused me to make very difficult decisions. That's caused me to be annoyed. Okay, let's just talk about the easy one, the annoying one. That Rolls Royce, love that Rolls Royce. That thing's like a freaking porcelain teacup. Driving up and down, driving up and down the road. 
Man, if I hit a, 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 a I don't know, something in the road. Yeah, a puddle. Or something. Puddle yeah. something. That Something's going wrong with that car. And it's gonna, I just got done with the brake job, $10,000 brake job. Now, the amount didn't piss me off. The fact that I basically brought a brand new car with the damn brake job and a Rolls Royce, that kind of annoyed me. Kind of pissed me off, right? Um, family. Now that you're making millions and it's all over social media, people, oh, my cousin's multimillionaire. He can, how, how come it doesn't give it to us? How come it doesn't share it with us? Oh, he must be tied, da 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 right? Because now I've got a protocol with family and how to, and how to uh, uh, loan money. They think I'm just going to give it to them. They think, and by the way, I, family's going to hear this. I'm probably going to avoid a lot of family parties because they expect me to buy presents for everybody. Yeah. My wife, family, sometimes your own family is the fastest reason why people go broke because of the expectation of holidays. And so I think going forward into the holidays, a tip should be, hey fam, times are tough. We're paying more money for gas. We're paying more money for housing. We're paying money for all this stuff. Times are tough. Let's be smart. Be money smart in our finances. And let's think about just one. Everybody get together. We buy one gift for one person in our family, we put it in here. What do you call that? A white elephant. White elephant gift. Yeah, where you choose a name out of the hat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you pick that person. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, why did Christmas end up being a validation of how much you love somebody by the gift you give them? It's because they, they took up the river. The we three kings of Oriental and they give frankincense, incense, and myrrh. Because they give, listen, they've created a consumerism aspect around Christmas. It was about that. It's about, it about Jesus. Christmas, that's, for me, that's the holiday. For many people that's listening to this, that's the holiday. It's not about the holiday of giving gifts. Thoughts? 100%. I, well, well, let me ask you. In, in the beginning, when you first started coming around and financially, you're like, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not losing sleep on how I'm going to pay rent. Zero. Pay my mortgage the next day. I'm not losing sleep on what the next 10 years of my life have to, you know, where they're headed when it comes down to my finances. When you got to the, when you got to that point and you feel like that moment of, oh, I made it. You <laughs> crossed over that line and said, wow, I made it. Or when you first, you know, when you first got your first milestone in your company and you start, first started making your first meal, the, the conviction of helping your family at that point versus, versus now, has that changed? Or have you always had this mindset of, hey man, like I, I need to focus on my own. Where, you know, where, where, we, where were yeah. you then when I was struggling? Like, what, what was your conviction? I'll, bro I break, I'll break down the four different phases of income that we've experienced and continue to evolve into experience. Number one, you got to get out of survival phase. The basic expenses or, or you're settling to live in this neighborhood or you don't have reliable transportation or you, I, I'm borrowing money just to put food on the table to keep the lights on. You got to get out of that survival phase. Whether that's consolidating your resources, shacking up with certain people, your family members. We've said in the show, it should be, a great idea for families to stay together, mm -hmm. stick together, consolidate resources. The second area of, of that is status. Okay, I got the car, I can go in and apply for credit. You go into the department store, would you like 10% off? Yes, I like 10% off, I apply for credit, I get credit, that's status. Or simple status is going to a restaurant to protect your time, I'm just gonna go valet. Or status is I can afford DoorDash, but if you can't afford DoorDash, if you, if you gotta spend two, three hours of your hourly wage to get one DoorDash order, you shouldn't be DoorDashing. Yeah. That's not status, okay? That's lazy. And you should find ways to make sure whatever you're ordering at DoorDash, the, the conveniences of life, even Uber. One time, a, a, a buddy of mine is, is kids, I'm taking Uber. I said, can you afford Uber? How much do you make? I, make? I make 50 bucks an hour. Can you afford Uber? Once you take the time, since you got more of it and you're not using it to apply to make more money to find a business or something more entrepreneurial, why don't you go take the bus? Mm. Why, why don't you uh, find ways to carpool? Why don't you, why don't you bike there? It's ego, man. 
Of course, it's ego. Yeah. And, and also, yeah, I say I say laziness. Number three is freedom. Freedom. I can slide my credit card here. We, uh, uh, if free, we, she and I, we started experiencing freedom. We experienced food freedom at two fifty. We didn't experience family freedom until five hundred. Mm. Then we can start retiring certain family members. And and, and by the way, if, if our family's retired, and they're, they they're going to have a job helping us out. They just can't get a check from us like like we're the welfare state. But if you're part of us and you're, you're getting a check from the family, you have to have some form of productivity going back to the family and the enterprise, which feeds you the ability to be retired. Uh, the last one is, is purpose. So first one is survival. Second one is status. Third one is freedom. Fourth one is purpose. Purpose meaning that everything you're doing right now is absolutely on purpose. People ask me, Matt, you're a multimillionaire. Why are you still at the office on Tuesday? Why at the office on Saturday? I say, you know why? Because you're not a millionaire yet. Mm. There is no such thing in our office as ivory tires. We only got trenches. And guess what? We're in the trenches with you to help you get to the next level because that's the purpose of our business. Patrick said saving America through enterprise. We say saving America through us transforming America and transforming the way they think. That's why people uh, tune into our podcast and watch our watch our content. How can a man watching this, uh, and I want to say man because we're meant to lead as men. Mm -hmm. How can a man watching this this podcast, this episode, this you know, this video or this clip they're going to watch on, on Instagram Reels, gain or redirect themselves to have some form of conviction to step into this new identity of, okay, I don't know what move I need to make, but I know I need to make a move mm -hmm. because of my current family mm -hmm. or the family that I one day long to have. You know, so what, what conviction do, uh, do men watching us right now need to have in order to step into that place? My conviction is letting them know that you're not alone. There's other men just like you mm. that was struggling both financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and not exactly where they wanted to be. And every day they woke up is absolutely frustrated. People don't make a change unless they experience great pain. Until they experience great pain, then that's when they make a change. So if you're okay with feeling that pain, it's not bad enough yet. And I hope and pray it doesn't get any worse where you don't lose relationships, you don't lose your family, you don't lose your children, your wives, you don't lose your self-respect and dignity. I hope it doesn't get that bad. I hope that you care enough about yourself as a man that you want to preserve that, protect it, and grow that. But once you decide to say, you know what, enough is enough. I've had enough with my back up against the wall. Let's go play stinking offense. Let's go. Let me find the right association. Let me find the right running buddies to do it. That's what I hope they would get from watching these videos. It's not for us to be celebrated. It's for them to be inspired that other men are refusing to tolerate that it's okay to be lazy. It's okay to be broke. It's okay not to follow and have a faith. It's okay not to, to lead your family. It's okay to, to be passive about things. No, it's not okay. Because if you want to change your family, you got to change the way you think. Because the way you think is the way you're going to see. The way you're going to see is the way you're going to act. The way you're going to act is the results you're going to have in, in your life. So, um, which means that... Um, I got this uh, one clip here I, I want to share that um, uh, uh, Dana White. Okay, let's UFC. see. Let's okay, see so Dana White talks about the harsh realities of doing just that. Okay, so the flip side is one thing about me talking about it. Well, Dana White, who created the UFC, has his opinion about being your own boss and 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 and, and getting rid of the nine to five. Let's take a look at this. I laugh every time I hear people saying, "Yeah, you know, I don't like working for other people," so. You know, I, I want to work for myself because I want to set my own hours and I want to, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Let me tell you what, when you work for yourself, there are no days, there, there's no Christmas, there's no fucking Easter, there's none of that shit when you work for yourself in the early days. It's a grind. Exactly. It's, you, you, you're working through, through all those holidays. Every day something bad happens. Every day there's problems. Every day somebody's trying to fuck you. 
and and take what you've built and you know what I mean? It's 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 a war every day when you get up in the early day. What's your thoughts on that? I want to connect to to uh, a video that I have that David Goggins speaking on ownership, and he he's right. You know, I, I believe you need to be able to have a sense of ownership. If you're going to take that step forward and into trying to do exactly what, what he's speaking about, you need to be able to have a sense of ownership and understand the direction that you're headed. It's going to involve a hell of a lot of responsibility. If you grew up in an environment where you were coddled, where you weren't really given the responsibility to grow into a man, actually, let, let's um, let's go with uh, be a man first and then ownership. Because be a man. Because let's think a lot. Of, a lot of times, these kids are growing up in environments where they're being too. I don't. I don't want to say pushed into more of the sensitive route, but they're not. A lot of kids aren't being allowed to face life head on. A lot of kids are being heavily yeah. protected by a lot of yeah. feminized men mm -hmm. and by the moms. So uh, if you look at the video, uh, be a man, please. Moms turn babies into boys, but it's the dads who turn boys into men. Mm. And when the dads are absent or emotionally absent, and when they haven't been taught how to be a man, how to stand up and shake hands. You don't just say hi to someone, you stand up, shake hands, make eye contact. If a woman's going up the escalator, you stand behind her. If she's going down the escalator, you stand in front of her. If you're walking on a sidewalk with a woman, a man walks on the street side. You're opening doors for women. You're a savage and a servant. You're a lamb and a lion. Yeah. And nowadays, a lot of these younger cats who are having kids in their early 20s, mid 20s, even early 30s, they don't mm -hmm. understand you know, mm -hmm. the principles of what it is to be a man and how it is to be able to raise a boy into a man and, and what principles to instill. And if you're a 20 year old boy, man, young man, having a kid with your girlfriend and you're living with your mom still, how's that crap? I mean, you heard your earlier, your family should stay together, but not be having kids under your mom's roof you should be having kids under your, your own roof yeah and so yeah i mean there, there's a time there's a time for everything right and there's a time for you to st step and be met it's now it's time for you to be a man and, and get married and have kids that's later they'd be able to provide and protect uh, in addition to being able to having confidence to be able to be that husband uh down the road um yeah, uh, Dana White, speak, speaking of that, Dana, let's go back to Dana White. Dana White says something here about today. If you're willing to stick up for yourself, stand up versus whatever it's out there compared to your competition of this thing, business being war, well, there's also a flip side to it. If you're a fucking savage and you get out there and you grind hard and you want it bad enough, you can run all these guys over, man. And this whole COVID thing, people don't want to go back to work and, you know, they want to stay home and all this bullshit, man. You, you, you can't build a real business with people staying at home. You need that connection. You need to be in the office with your, with your like-minded group of people and you need to be brainstorming and working and coming up with, with, with ideas to take the, the company uh, further and, you know, this next generation is just such a fucking group of pussies, man. I just, for the small group of savages out there, run these fucking kids right over, man. You run them all over. You can't beat hard work. That's it. Amen. And that, that was for always all the savages my out there, man. For all the savages Nobody's out there, put it in the comment section below. Are you a savage? For the right purposes, though, put it in the comment section below. Um, I mean, even Zoom CEO, uh, can we look at my screen here, uh, Rico Jordan? Even the Zoom CEO is advising employees to return to office or risk losing trust. Zoom CEO. So by the way, it's cool working from home, but hey man, I'm not so sure if this is the way I actually build a company. I'm not so sure we can actually build a culture, camaraderie, teamwork. Even the guy who invented the work from home movement, because he created a product mm -hmm. for us to do so, he said, hey yo, if you work for Zoom, come back man, come back. So what's your thoughts on this? I mean, regardless of what age you are, I think a, a, I think a 13 year old boy, an eight year old boy, a 30 year old man could be a savage. 
yeah. if, if they're not willing to be pushed and bullied. Yeah, but you, you two things. When it comes on to, to uh, being in a community, I feel like men and women need community. We need community to be able to hold each other accountable. You need community so, so that way you can have a running mate. You can't do everything on your own. Men are not meant to be alone. And mm -hmm. when I say man, I don't just mean men have any woman. I mean a person, you're not meant to be alone. And if you're trying to build something, it definitely takes a lot more than just one person. For me, for example, building, building what I'm trying to build, I've come to the realization I couldn't do it alone anymore. Mm -hmm. I was being burnt out, I was being stretched out too thing. I was burning bridges because I wasn't able to meet, meet quotas or I wasn't able to fulfill what I was trying to fulfill for my clientele. So I needed to bring people on board. So we need people. And if you bring people who either inspire you or you're, or you're inspiring by the way you lead, that's going to help you build yourself and your identity as well. But in order for you to be at that point, you need to have a sense of ownership, which is something that I feel a lot of men and women, and especially men, don't have nowadays. Um, and actually, David Goggins touched on that a little bit. We can get, get that video up, uh, uh, Jordan. You gotta change that shit, man. Yeah, but you don't understand my life, dude. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I have to think about it. I get that mentality. I once had that mentality that no one understands what the fuck I'm going through. And if you keep that mentality, you're gonna stay in the same exact spot that you're in. You're never alone. Everybody's going through shit. So when people get this mentality of like, you don't understand me, you can throw a fucking rock to someone that can understand you if they're willing to break themselves down and stop hiding. A lot of people understand you. And, and by the way, what's Goggins claim to fame? The way he pushes himself is physically. He may not push himself entrepreneurially. He may not push himself, you know, financially, but he's definitely pushing himself physically. And the byproduct of that, entrepreneurially and financially, he's being pushed yeah. to, to, greater, to greater financial heights. We had him on a, a four or five years ago, Goggins. We did 22 push-ups before we uh, started his talk with us. But his mentality, love this guy's mentality, can't hurt me. Uh, the way he the way he goes about and by the way, he's not very well liked or received in the in the in the special forces community. I don't know why, mm. but uh, but uh, he's, he doesn't he doesn't care. He's doing his thing. He's elevating. He's growing. So with, with so with that in with that in mind, uh, knowing that you've been around thousands of people, knowing that you've led hundreds of people, even thousands of people, knowing that on a on a weekly basis you have new faces coming into your office, is it easy? <laughs> Is it easy to spot someone who has not yet stepped into their identity? And if is either now speaking from a leadership, uh, a leadership yeah. standpoint for all the leaders watching, yeah. is it easy to spot someone who has not yet stepped into their identity? And if you are able to spot that, how does a leader go about you know helping someone raise their identity in that realm? Yeah, so it's all about association. You know, we we covered on this uh, on this podcast a couple couple episodes ago. Just by you stepping around other high performers. It's kind of like school of management. They did the study. If you just step around and associate with higher performers, just by default, you go up. Your performance goes up by 15% because you're thinking differently. You're vibrating differently. The, the flip side is true. If you step around low performers, your performance goes down by negative 30%. So the first one is association because you got to be around the right people that are doing the right things so the right circumstances and the right scenarios can eventually start to evolve and, evolve and happen. So uh, I, I want to put up this other video here too as well because there's also a counter thought to this mm. because the guy says, yeah, it's, it's hard, man, and I got a lot of success, man, man, but would you do it all over again? Let's take a look at this clip from the CEO of NVIDIA. If you were magically 30 years old again today mm -hmm. in 2023 and you were going to Denny's with your two best friends who are the two smartest people you know and you're talking about starting a company, what are you talking about starting? I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I know. And the reason for that is really quite simple. Ignoring the company that we would start. 
first of all, I'm not exactly sure. The reason why I wouldn't do it, and it goes back to why it's so hard, is building a company and building a video turned out to have been a million times harder than I expected it to be, mm. any of us expected it to be. And at that time, if we realized the pain and suffering and just how vulnerable you, you're going to feel um, and the challenges that you're going to endure, uh, the embarrassment and the shame and, you know, the list of all the things that, that go wrong, I don't think anybody would start a company. Nobody in their right mind would do it. Cool. So here's the thing. <laughs> NVIDIA right now is part of the MAG7, mm -hmm. top seven companies of S&P 500 for this year. If it wasn't for NVIDIA and the other six companies, the S&P 500 would be negative this year. But these guys have a company that led. Bro, I get the fact that you've been through some tough times. I get the fact that it was a million times harder than I thought it'd be. But bro, if it wasn't for you, you know, a lot of people today, the return of that millions of dollars, millions of difficulties in return has been billions of dollars of advancement. Mm -hmm. Billions of advancement of artificial intelligence, billions of dollars of investment in revenue, billions of investment in terms of new jobs creations and technology being developed because of the courage for you to stick with it. I ain't buying that, man. I'm not buying that one bit. Zero. Yeah. We're going to talk about the challenge of entrepreneurship. This is part of the territory. Did you not forget that you're changing people's lives through your business? Did you not forget that people are feeding their families because of your courage to stick with the millions of times of hard, difficult moments that you have the courage to go through? Listen, if you're listening, you're hearing a lot of mixed messages today in today's podcast. I'm just saying what I, I believe, in my opinion, in my own personal experience, I do it all over again. Over and over. 100%. I, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel that the way he was approaching the uh, the question was if he walked back into his 30s with the uh, knowledge knowing, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to go through to be able to get to where I'm at today. And just having that, knowing what you're going to go through. Someone yeah. tells you, hey, look, <laughs> this is where you're at right now. <laughs> and this line long of things, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, losing your spouse, losing your mom, losing your dad, losing your children, having setbacks, getting, getting sued, X, Y, Z. Yeah, he's being real. He's being real, real about it. Right. Yeah. You're going to go through all this shit in order for you to get to this point. Do you think it's still worth it? Yeah. I think in that headspace, like, fuck that, it's not. Yeah. But if you go back, as you said, if you go yeah. back to that point, in your, yeah. in your early 30, well, I'm, I'm 31, but if you go back to a certain, for me, 19, 20 years old, if you go back to, a, to that point, knowing, understanding the purpose behind why you're doing it, and understanding the macro, because many people focus way too much on the micro issues and not focus on the macro vision of what, yeah. what your thing, what yeah. you're calling, your purpose, your service, your product-based business is going to do for someone. When you go back with that purpose in mind, I feel that anyone who was attached to their purpose can generally see themselves doing it over and over and over again. And here's my three reasons why I do it all over again. And even me right now, the only, the only thing I would change right now, Milton, of me going back to my 30s, about to turn 50 here in a minute, the only reason I would go back is bringing back the knowledge I have today back to my 30s. Oh, man. Like, if, if, I, if I was equipped in my 30s with the wisdom of a 50-year-old, sure. holy moly. You'd be in a different place right now, I'd be man. a different place. Yeah. That's why my children cannot wait for my kids and our, and our associates and the people in our, in our, in our, in our community, in, in our mastermind groups. I can't wait for their kids to catch on to what mom and dad is talking about because I'm, I'm doing for three things. Number one, for us to go through the hard, to do it all over again, just understand that money is created when values, when values is expressed. Uh, real quick, uh, Jordan, can you take a look at this um, uh, this uh, this picture here on my on my screen? So we sat down with the billionaire. And he gave us uh, and we sat down with the billionaire, and he uh, we celebrated together with him, with Patrick Bed David. Okay, this was a couple weeks ago, October eleventh, we're we're toasting. Why? Because we decided to go through the hard. Patrick Bed David decided to go through the hard. Right? We're 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 toasting here because we decided to go through the hard. Okay, where everybody's cheering and celebrating because. 
right beside you. Right, some of the coolest things we can experience in life. We're at right, downtown right here in Dallas, celebrating with a billionaire, Brian Adams, there to my left, to the right in the picture. Why? Because we decided to go through the hard. Money is created when value first is created. We decided to create value, and we need to connect with people that have the ability to create more value. Because money helps people. To me, money is a tool. It helps no matter what church service you go to, even the stuff we talked about at the beginning of the show. Guess what they ultimately need? They need money to help people uh, care what they need to care. The third thing is the amount of fulfillment, the amount of personal and leadership development I've experienced, uh, the amount of relationships and ex experiences I've just had overall as quality of life. I've never experienced this being, oh, let me take it, you know, the easier road so therefore I don't get beat up through the shame, the guilt, and all the different, all those different riffraffs. Mm -hmm. I've, I've learned to cherish everything, the purpose I've learned to discover, going through the process, going through the heart, the resistance, the pressure, just like a body, right? Mm -hmm. The body's only going to grow if it feels resistant. If you break down muscle fibers and, and, and tear it up and put it through immense, immense pressure and resistance, Correct. that's the only way the body's going to grow. Same thing entrepreneurial financially. And the third thing, I'll, I'll wrap up with this. At the end of the day, life is going to be hard. Life is going to be rough. But I'd rather die on my knees fighting for freedom than die just living on my knees, just saying, okay, I'm just going to take whatever you're willing to give me because I don't want to deal with the hard. 100%. I'd rather die on my doggone knees. I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. That's why, yeah. That's why. That's why you need a strong foundation. You need to be. You need to believe in something bigger than yourself. Believing in something bigger than yourself for me, it's God. But for you, it could be something else. But I, but I really encourage you to seek out after something greater than yourself, because that's going to give you a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose, a sense of direction, which will then build into into some form of momentum to push you forward. But you need to understand that it starts with you, it starts with inner work, it starts with mental, it starts with physical, it starts with just increasing your energy and seeking for answers to questions that you may have and not allowing yourself to be around people who are holding you back and allowing you to stay stagnant in the position that you were five years ago, 10 years ago, and where you're at today. Where you're at today, you shouldn't be in the same position next year, five years from now, or 10 years from now. Every year, every day, week, month, year, and decade, you should be growing into something better and bigger and stepping into the identity that God has called you to be, step into. 100%, man. I think on the journey towards, you know, the, the, this is a seven-figure squad goals podcast, right? And when you're looking at the journey of money, as we wrap up the show, the journey of making money, the easiest part of making yourself money is how to make money. So easy to make money today. I mean, look at look at Google. Look at uh, YouTube. There's so many different ways to make money in our country today. It's just we're sometimes too lazy or don't have the leadership to find out how to pick out one or two or three ways to make money. So I hope that you, as you're watching this podcast, if you find yourself in the right community, you plug into that community, find the right associations, you invest in those associations, so therefore you can learn how to make money and you learn how to control your income. He or she that controls your income controls your life. And if you want to be controlling your life, you got to be able to control your income. The second part of that too as well is that part of the journey of making a million dollars or being financially free, financially independent is the associations. And the third part is understanding the standards that you're willing to live under. Are willing to lower your standards? If you want a high standard life, but willing to have low standards and purpose in your life, your life's not gonna change. But if you're plugging into the right things to transform the way you think about money, is gonna start transforming the way it gets the right deposited into your account. So that being said, uh, Milton, um, 
we're going to have an interesting guest next week, uh, a women's perspective uh, on the show. Yep. Uh, we're going to have that next Wednesday. Also, this week, we're going to have a couple other guests, too, as well. Guys, I'm interviewing here in terms of identity. How do you get out of your own way when it comes to identity? Rocky will be on the show here in the Seven Figure Squad Goals podcast. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel here, the Seven Figure Squad YouTube channel, a channel dedicated to help you think like a millionaire, strategize like a millionaire, so therefore you could be a first-generation cash flow millionaire. That being said, I'm going to have a Milton Alvarez from Dallas, Texas. I'm a mighty smart guy. And until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be mighty smart today. Subscribe.